Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Contract Revolution. The amount of content and headlines and articles and podcasts and TED Talks and you name it about artificial intelligence is frankly dizzying. Every other day, there's some new development, some new update, a version 3.0 and a version 4.0. I, I personally find it a bit exhausting. However, and this is a big however, one useful soundbite that experts do keep hammering that really resonates with me is this. If you're not at least experimenting, playing around with AI tools in your business today, in a few years, you're gonna end up like the farmer who stuck their nose up at the invention of the tractor. Not a great spot. As I've said in other podcasts, I do think there are some very real ethical risks associated with AI's blisteringly fast advancement. I also think that a lot of people overuse ChatGPT for certain functions in their business, but I'm also a fierce pragmatist and I do see how many of these gadgets and gizmos can and will make your business life easier, which is why Morgan Knox and I have put together a list of 10 AI tools you might actually find useful for your contracting business. In the conversation that follows, we go through 10 inexpensive and for the most part user-friendly tools, what they do, but most importantly, how you might deploy them inside your business. We don't nerd out about the underlying tech or try to explain stuff we're barely qualified to explain. This is just a concise list of AI tools that other contractors are already getting value from. No fluff, no BS. For our newer listeners, Morgan Knox is a friend of the show. She's been on before. She is the owner of Pro Painter Network and a wickedly smart consultant who helps unlock growth through technology. Okay, without further ado, here are the 10 AI tools your contracting business can actually use. You're listening to Contractor Evolution, where we unpack the systems, tactics, and skills you need to take your fast-growing contracting business to the next level. If you're here to learn what it takes to scale up, work less, and increase profitability you've come to the right place. Stay tuned to learn what separates the new breed of contractor from the old school and welcome to your ultimate guide on the business of contracting. Morgan, it's really good to see you. Welcome back to Contract Revolution. You are a friend of the show and a friend of mine. How are you? I am doing great, Benji, and thanks for having me back on. Nashville's good. Really important question here because I know you're at a conference there. Have you had any hot chicken yet? I have not had any hot chicken okay. yet. It is on the list. I did have, I will confess, a little sip of whiskey with my husband okay. the other night. So we're, we're feeling those Nashville vibes. Okay. Hattie B's for sure. Get the sandwich. Don't go too hot, but don't go too mild. And don't be fooled into other places. You got to go to Hattie B's. I would almost say we should cancel this podcast so you can go and do that immediately. But we're tight on time. So... <laughs> Um, we're going to do this for the people, the chicken. We'll just have to wait. Text, text me when you go. Um, I want to, I want, I want to see the, the look on your face when you have your first bite. Anyway, this is not a hot chicken podcast. Sadly, uh, this is a, <laughs> this is a different kind of show. What we're going to do today. I, I'm actually really looking forward to this. I was, I was kind of going over our notes again last night. I think this is just an awesome conversation. The idea here is like, here are 10 super practical, relatively user-friendly AI tools that your business can actually use. So there's a lot of buzz, there's a lot of hype, there's a lot of headlines, there's a lot of stuff that's very esoteric, very highbrow, not really that applicable to like a blue-collar business that's doing construction. But then there's kind of a short list here that 
that we've combed through and found that I think is super functional and something that most contractors should look at. So we did this podcast, I did a podcast the other day sort of making the case against overusing it in some avenues. We're gonna come back on the other side and talk about some actual use cases where these things really do provide some value. And I think the focus of the conversation is not just like, hey, here's a cool tool, but more so here's how you would use it in your business. So that's the plan, guys. Morgan, can you broadly speak about here just at the beginning, before we get to the list, your take on how this sort of AI revolution would shape or will shape the future of construction and trades businesses? It has been so interesting to contemplate that question, especially in the last couple of years, as things like ChatGPT and so many of these tools that we're going to talk about have become so much more cost effective and more polished. So they're a lot easier for people and business owners to implement and use. So we've already, I think, seen a lot of impacts. And I think that there's really two major reasons that a contracting business owner should stay tuned into this conversation and be aware of what's going on and consider implementing some of the things that we're going to talk about. And those two major things, I think, are one, there's a lot of these tools that are now AI enabled, and they have a lot of these really great, robust feature sets that are providing massive leverage to the businesses that are starting to use them. And when I say massive leverage, it's really no joke that um, I've extensively tested and used so many of these tools with the contractors that I have been privileged to work with. And we really have been managing to do what I, what I would say is 10 times more with half of the effort in some of these certain areas of business. So there's just a massive amount of efficiency that can be realized when you start to pull these into some of your internal processes. Mm-hmm. And then the second point is that that same amount of leverage is being realized and actualized in a lot of the professional services that we're using as contracting businesses. So this is true of bookkeeping, accounting, digital marketing, uh, writing, legal. You know, we see it in a lot of different spaces where the professionals that we're hiring or the services that we're dependent on are now using these tools. And we've got to get really good at quality control checking them and also being aware of how that should actually be and is driving costs down and making some of these things even more accessible for businesses. So I think it's really raising the bar on the standards of professionalism of where we have to show up as contracting business owners, because there's fewer excuses now for why we can't access these things. Well, that second point that you just made is a really important one, because this would influence the way that you make decisions. It you need, you're going to need to be a more savvy buyer, I think is the term I heard you use the other day, where it's like if you're getting, like if you're looking into professional services for your bookkeeping and you listed off a couple bookkeeping, legal, whatever, you should be asking questions like what kind of tools they are using, because if they're not, you're probably paying more. And if they are and they're using them well, there's actually some, there's some deflationary force on what they could be charging you plus you know, potentially the quality is better. So it's, it's like you, we're talking about how we're going to talk about how you can plug these into your business. The other angle is like, think about how these should be plugged into the businesses or vendors that you work with and how that would influence your decision-making matrix. Exactly right. Yeah. Be a smarter buyer and be aware of how you can leverage this to get better costs for things and a better tier of service. Um, And also just how you can identify who are the market makers and who's staying on top of these trends and actually, you know, fully investing and utilizing these things in their businesses out of the providers that you're working with. Now, when I went through this list, there are a couple that kind of like stood out. Like some of these are really familiar. Some of these are new to me. I added a few to this list, but there were a couple that I was like, this isn't an AI 
AI tool. Like, like we'll, we'll get to it later, but like Canva, for instance, like I'm like, that's like a nice little user-friendly graphic design platform. Like where's the AI, AI in that? Why, why did some of those, um, why did some of those make the list? And that's a really great example of what we were just talking about, which is, you know, Canva is an awesome tool for us because it's really accessible from the business owner and internal admin perspective. Um, but also a lot of graphic designers use it. Canva made the list because it has been at the forefront of the platforms that have started to adopt and integrate a lot of the AI tools that and we're, we'll unpack it a little bit more. But so I want to make a really clear distinction here, which is that We've seen and heard a lot of fanfare around AI and kind of general artificial intelligence and things. And people sort of think of it as either chat GPT, if they've had a chance to look at that, or they might be thinking even something like Terminator or Johnny Depp's, you know, sure. merging with the matrix or something like that. Um, but the truth is that these models really is what we're talking about with AI. They're predictive algorithms, large language models, and a lot of them are image and voice generated generation models. Uh, they're being trained and applied as specific tools in a lot of different cases. So really what we're interested in as a business owner who is really the end user for a lot of these things, we want to find those tools that are integrating and are what we call AI enabled. So they're pulling these new feature sets and these new functions into their platforms. And Canva is a really great example of somebody who's been doing that. So when we go through the list, maybe you can, when we hit one that's sort of AI enabled, you can just explain sort of, hey, this little function is baked into the platform. This isn't sort of necessarily an AI tool as we would traditionally understand the definition, but it does have AI enablement. I'm sure you can sort of detail that a little better than I. Um, For sure. Do you want to dive into the list? Let's do it. Okay. So number one here is Loom. I'm going to let you open up the conversation on Loom. I've got some thoughts because it's one of my favorites, but why is this number one on the list? Yeah. So um, Loom is number one on the list. And I'm actually just going to go ahead and also say number two on our list, which is otter.ai. And I'd like to kind of pull both of them in at the same time because they share a really core feature and function, which is how they're AI enabled. So both Loom and otter.ai, their core AI enabled feature is audio transcription. So that's really what we're tapping into with both of these platforms, although they have some distinct differences. Um, so Loom specifically, anybody who's used Loom in their business, you know, at its core function, it's a recording tool that you can use to record screenshots on your computer, record things with your phone. You've got video, you can talk to it. And it's really easy to send these videos back and forth or store them for your own knowledge management in the business because it's all on the cloud. The reason that this made the list and why I think um, we have it listed so highly here as number one is because that core AI feature of being able to take your audio and turn it into a script gives it a lot of additional features that make it really uniquely useful for you as a business owner when it comes to your training for designing processes and documents and having really nicely kept records and systems for all of the things in your business that you might be training people on. Mm -hmm. So what I really like to recommend that people use Loom for is to Bring it, bring it forward whenever you're doing any kind of training, when you're doing any kind of sending notes back and forth within the business, um, when you're describing processes or systems, and then take the script that the AI is transcribing for you, stack it with something like ChatGPT. So I mean, copy the script, paste it in ChatGPT, 
and ask it to reformat for you. Turn it into an outline, turn it into a checklist, a step-by-step process, which these tools are really, really good at doing. So it's a really elegant way of taking one amount of effort that you might be spending as a business owner to train somebody in something, explain something to someone, and be able to turn it into multiple pieces of documentation and processes and accountability documents. Um, So that's one of the really core features there that I think make it super useful. The other thing that I really love it for is just sort of back and forth communication when you're doing relatively nuanced like in-platform stuff. So I'm trying to explain to my graphic designer a detail that I want changed. It's really difficult to just explain that over the phone. The thing about Loom is it's it's screen capture. So it's your voice and then your mouse moving in there on the screen because it's capturing all that. And so you're able to get difficult points across really, really easily. So for a contractor, you're probably not going to be using this with your field crews or for job site communication like that. Like there's company cam for that. But for your leadership team, for your office in particular, if somebody is trying to, you know, explain to someone else uh, something about how to pull a report from this specific part of the CRM, and it's not really an easy text message or phone call, that's where Loom is like, we'll just save you hours over the course of a year of like over explaining stuff because you can just show it. Now, you're also making the case that you could build these into sort of little video SOPs, video tutorials, and then use it with chat GPT to then make something bullet pointed or listed or like a competency model type thing. And so that's another use case for it. But for me, I really love it for just like the back and forth communicating on stuff that's really intricate, intricate and like very deep inside the computer, if you know what I mean. I agree fully. I think we find, uh, especially within skilled trades, that sometimes it's so much easier of an ask to get somebody to just talk through something and explain it or send a note verbally. And what I really like about these audio transcription AI tools is that they suddenly take something where I can talk to it. You know, I can give it a really detailed explanation or just give it my feedback, send it to somebody on my team. And now they have the option. They can listen to it. They can speed it up. They can use the script piece of it to read and process what I'm saying. And that's the way that they learn better. And it also makes it easier for people to pull out key pieces of information, search for it. So the entire cataloging process and looking back at things becomes significantly easier, which just boosts communication all the way around. So uh, I'm going to just lift list off some pricing here. And by the way, like all this pricing is subject to change. Uh, these, you know, these SaaS founders need to and do often raise the rate. So, you know, when we're recording this, which is the tail end of 2023, Loom has a free account, which you can get started on. They have a business account, which is $12.50 per user per month. It's really inexpensive. So you could get your office on it for under 100 bucks a month. And they'll, they will literally come to you the next day being like, why didn't we get this two years ago? So we're a big fan of Loom. The next one on the list, uh, we'll talk about Otter Voice uh, a little later uh, in, in more depth. Uh, sorry, otter.ai. Number two on the list is this new one called Rilla Voice. So I, I'll, I'll talk about this for a second because I added it. So Rilla Voice is basically a AI-enabled sales coaching tool. And what it does, so if you're a contractor every year, you know, you're building your team, you probably are hiring a sales guy, or you're hiring your fifth sales guy, whatever, you're, you're building out, uh, I shouldn't say sales guy, salesperson. Uh, 
you're building out that part of your team and you want to do coaching with them. You you are inspired to do ride-alongs with them and you think in January that in the you know you're going to get out there, you're going to get in the car, you're going to go do visits and and if you're really disciplined, you absolutely can and you should. This is time well spent honing in your sales team's skill in the way that they build rapport with the homeowner, the way that they uh, the way that they package features, the way that they close, the way that they like analyze the scope of the project, all that stuff. Super important. But the challenge is there's drive time. There's the watching of the thing. There's the note taking you have to do. There's the feedback you have to give. It ends up being, in my experience, like a half day at, at best. Like that that sort of best case scenario, if you were really organized and everything happened on time, you're still probably losing a half day to do one ride along with one salesperson. And for that reason, a lot of us do far less of this than we ought to. So Rilla Voice, this is cool. It is basically, think of it like an app on your phone that your in-field salesperson has with them. They hit record. It records the conversation. So there's a note about consent here. This is sort of state by state, province by province. I, I would actually just say in wherever you should probably just let your customer know, hey, we're recording this for feedback and quality purposes. Just as probably a best practice, but check in your own jurisdiction. It's recording the conversation that your rep has with the customer. It transcribes the conversation, not unlike Otter, but then it has some prompts, cues, feedback that are like baked in with AI. So it'll monitor things like talk time and it'll let your salesperson know, hey, you're talking way too long here. Like you're taking up 70, 80% of the conversation. You got to get the customer talking. You should listen more. It looks at tonality, a whole bunch of stuff. And then the other thing that it does is it spits back a report to the sales leader so that they can see the transcribed conversation, they can listen along to it, and you can very easily zoom in on different facets of the pitch of the sales process. So for example, if you had a a sales rep who's a really good relationship builder, but not a very good closer. Like they just kind of fumble it at the end and they they get nervous and they're, they're really struggling with that facet of the sales process. Literally in a few clicks, you can just zoom in on the close part that got recorded, see what they did well, see what they need to work on, provide some feedback. Um, And so the benefit to you, the business owner, is you're able to do really high quality sales coaching at scale without it absorbing days and days and days in your week, which is the challenge. So. Uh, I personally have not used this yet. I know a bunch of our members at BTA are using it and really, really like it. A few roofers who have large sales teams, their sales managers are using this and they're loving it. Uh, The reviews online are really, really, really good. Uh, And I just think that, you know, coming from a sales background, I think this is a really cool thing uh, that contractors and salespeople as well would get a ton of value from. Yeah, exactly right. So um, whenever you and I started talking about this, I was actually mentioning using some of the features of Otter in a really similar way. And you pointed out how Rilla has developed on this concept. And I have heard similar really good feedback from some of the more scaled businesses that we work with in the painting industry. Um, Some of the franchisors that I know in the coding space that have been using it to really get great metrics and data across multiple locations. So the phrase that I really liked from Rilla's website is the phrase virtual ride-alongs. 
Because I think about what's the feedback that we consistently hear from business owners about the difficulty with ride-alongs. It's the time that you have to dedicate to it. It's expensive. But it's also that whenever you show up or you have somebody showing up to do that training, behaviors change sometimes, right? Things that you're checking for uh, might show up during a ride-along, but they're not showing up consistently the rest of the time. So I've heard great feedback about the analytics from Rilla, and it is really an excellent tool to be able to identify what are your top performers doing that needs to be translated over to everyone else? And it's going to give you really specific feedback and verbiage, not just from your sales team, but also guys pay really close attention to what your customers are saying. You know, what are those concerns that they're vocalizing? How are they saying it? Uh, an incredibly powerful coaching and analytics tool. Yeah. So if you do a lot of in-home selling and you have a growing sales team whom you want to follow a a process that you've built and kind of represent your brand well, uh, this would be one to check out. The pricing is not listed on the website. I think they want you to do a demo and do a call to find out more. So I can't give you that number, but um, this is a new tool that's really, really neat and a ton of our members are getting value from. Okay, tool number three on the list is called Toggle.ai. So this is quite interesting. This is an AI tool that helps estimators do takeoffs. What this thing does is it analyzes construction drawings, it analyzes blueprints, it takes all the measurements that an estimator would usually be doing with a click of a mouse and little measurement tools, and it's quite quite a few hours to, to do something detailed. It's doing a lot of that in an automated fashion. They claim it's 98% accurate. So again, this is where the like the quality control, you, need, you do need to check its work. You're not just like, you know, hitting export and sending to the client. You need to check its work. But it's it's removing hours and hours and hours of the manual math involved with taking a, uh, you know, the drawings for a new building and figuring out how much drywall it's going to need. So that's where it fits in. It's a really cool thing. It's very, very new. I think it came out earlier this year. But if you do a ton of estimating, if you operate in the new construction space, if you're a specialized subtrades who works off of the drawings of a, an architect, a developer, a GC, and you have to do this a lot, I would really recommend checking this out. It is expensive. It's 300 bucks a month or it's 250 if you do it annually. So it's a little bit pricier, but this would be sort of, is certainly not for everyone because not everyone's doing estimates of this style. But if this is something that you do a lot in your business, I think it's uh, there's absolutely it's a no brainer to at least check this out and see if it might fit for you. It's also a really great example of a technology in the AI and predictive algorithm space that's actually been around for a really long time and is really well trained. This is a really really excellent use case example of how some of this image generation and image recognition technology has actually been in use at large-scale commercial and defense applications, government levels for a really long time, but it's become so much cheaper in recent years that now we're seeing it be developed and applied into tools that are very specific to our use case in the contracting space. So definitely something that's worthwhile to look at. Another really great example, though, of something that it may not be worthwhile for you to leverage specifically in your business, but if you can find a professional or somebody who's doing contracting with takeoffs, um, who is proficient in a software like this, you know that they're realizing some really excellent efficiencies from it, and you can expect the cost and the price point to be reflective of that. And you're making the case that the... um 
the underlying tech that drives this has been around for a while. Like this is something that is the the it's 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 pretty well established. The science, the technology, the infrastructure to kind of do that image recognition and automatic measuring. Uh, this this is it's maybe brand new to a contractor who's doing takeoffs, but it's it's the the underlying tech is not new. It's been around for for a little while yet. Exactly right. And in terms of AI, there's a few different types. You know, we've talked about the text generating AI, there's image generating AI, there's voice generating AI. Um, this type of AI that's really analyzing imagery and pulling out measurements is one of the things that's been around longest and that has been yeah. most robustly tested. Cool. So definitely an example of just the costs getting driven down. So we're seeing so much more application available to us. Number four, otter.ai. Uh some similarities to Loom, some differences. Why don't you take us through Otter and what you think it's useful for? Yeah. And Otter also shares a lot of similarities with Rilla. So um, Otter's main function is pu really purely voice recording and transcription. So whereas Loom is letting us record video and it's pulling a script out of there, Otter is focusing much more specifically on just audio recording, very similar to Rilla. Um, and it's it, it's because of that, it's a little more advanced at being able to identify voices, pull out individual speakers, create more of a dialogue. So Otter's pretty smart about following you around to any virtual meetings that you might be having. If you are actively engaging in coaching, if you're doing a lot of virtual stuff with your team, if you're managing remotely, really invaluable as a note-taking assistant because it will go in It'll record what's going on with everyone. It'll pull out the individual speakers. It'll make meetings searchable by keyword. Um, it does its best to actually summarize meetings for you. So even really long form sessions become a lot easier for you to parse through, to go back and review notes on. So there's a lot of efficiency that you can realize from that. Some of the practical applications that I like to recommend that people utilize Otter for Definitely really worthwhile for anywhere that you're engaging in education and training for yourself, if you're doing that kind of development for your team. Similarly, if you can explain something, you might not need to do it with a video. You could pull up Otter on your phone. You can pull it up on your computer, talk through a process on something and have that ability to translate the script into other documents, step by steps, something that people can listen to if that is uh, the best way that they learn. Otter is also very, very price accessible compared to what I suspect some of the price points for something like Rilla might be in because mm -hmm. Rilla has a lot of advanced analytics built into it. So I have had contractors use Otter and a very similar application as a virtual ride along tool where they have people pull up Otter, capture those recordings, and then they go back and they review them. And, and it's a really great opportunity for them to do some coaching and do some spot checking for different types of elements from sales calls and things like that. I think the other um, use case for it is as that sort of like note-taking assistant. So I believe, correct me if I'm wrong here, there's like a Chrome extension that recognizes your Google Cal, sees when you're doing Zoom meetings, and then I think actually automatically suggests like, hey, do you do you want me to record this meeting? Do you want me to take notes on this meeting? And so what it will do is in your Zoom meeting, it recognizes the, the, the timbre and the tone of the few different people's voice, and it will say person one, and then like write all the stuff that you said and person and two and so, so and it's actually very reliable if you read the text it's it's not it's 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 really impressive how accurately it recognizes words now so it's cool for that if you do a lot of zoom meetings that are important and you want notes taken i would really recommend looking at it for that reason the downside 
is that now you have a massive wall of notes. So you leave a one hour meeting <laughs> and there's like 20 pages of text you have to look at, which is, can be over. You've kind of just kicked the can down the road. You've just, you've, you felt really good because you're, oh, all these notes are being taken. And then now you want to go and find the important stuff and you're looking at a novel. You're like, shit, where was it? So what I recommend doing is there's a little highlight button. So if you're talking and someone says really something really important, you actually just like select the text as it comes up on the screen, hit highlight, and then you know that sort of anchors, hey, that is when Tim said the thing about whatever that I really want to go back to later when I review this. And that's just a little practical tip on how to keep it clean and organized and and not basically have this, this massive long wall of text that kind of overwhelms you and you're not really sure where to find the good stuff. That's a great tip as well. And the other piece of this AI that makes it so much more useful is that it becomes very searchable. So Otter's mm -hmm. great at pulling out keywords. It's really great at pulling out a high-level summary that helps you jump around to key parts of the text. So if you remember there was a specific thing that you wanted to look back for, you can type a couple of words and phrases into the search bar and find it, even in really long-form meetings or sessions. Um, and what I like about it is it kind of capitalizes on the podcast type format. So you can go back, you can jump and search to specific parts of a conversation and then listen to it again, which is something that we find a lot with the pros that we work with. Um, being able to re-listen to key parts of a conversation later, I think is really uh, incredibly useful for people. There is a free account with super limited usage. It's quite, you, you can't really record that many meetings. So it's, you know, one of these freemium things where they want to give you a taste, but then you you, you run out of kind uh, of, of usage with it in a month. Then you would upgrade to a $10 a month pro account, which gives you way more hours of transcription. There's a $20 a month business account, which is even more transcription, but then it also allows your business to record three different meetings happening all at once. So few different price options. Like you said, it's not expensive. Uh, great for note taking. I would highly recommend checking it out at the very least. Number five, Morgan, it's the, uh, it's, it's the one that's gotten a lot of hype. It is chat GPT. So I come and go on this one. I have very mixed feelings about it. As I've talked about on other episodes, I think learning to write is good. I think it's good for your brain and your mind. Uh, I worry mm -hmm. about a world where we don't teach people to write because we're like, ah, you don't need to do that. So I have, as I've said before, some ethical qualms with this one, but I'm going to park those to the side. Tell us about how GPT, which I think most people are at least surface level familiar with now. How does it actually mm -hmm. impact? How would it get used inside a contracting business? The notorious GPT. <laughs> Lots of conversation to have around there. Um, yeah, so I, I'm hoping for the scope of this conversation, most people have some familiarity with it. Um, one of the best ways to describe ChatGPT2 is that this is one of the relative, relatively open-ended tools that you can use for a lot of different applications, whereas other tools that we've talked about, like Otter or Loom as an example, those are examples of tools that are plugged into the right. API of a large language model like ChatGPT. So they're a more trained, hyper use case relevant piece of it. ChatGPT is a little more freeform. So there's a lot of things we can do with it. For our conversation, I want to focus on the things that I think are most immediately implementable and easiest to use. But you guys, there's a lot of exploration that you can do here with it. The things that I think are most hyper relevant um, are a couple of different applications. So 
it is really good, especially if you have the paid version of ChatGPT, which currently is GPT-4, um, really good at writing a variety of things. So some of the most common use cases I think would be getting first drafts. And I say first drafts because I agree with you that we still need to quality control check. We still need to go in and finesse and polish things, but really great at getting first drafts for all kinds of posting, social media content emails, legal documents, like think of them as a boilerplate before you send them out for final review from a professional, right? Um, really good at those first drafts or for reformatting of things like SOPs, checklists, accountability documents, internal documentation for your handbook, your procedural manuals, things like that. So pretty much anything that's going to be written in your business could potentially benefit from um, being run through or some of the applications in chat GPT. And I think the really critical part here and the biggest leverage point is that it becomes so much easier to start. And I think that is the right. hugest hurdle that we bump into as business owners um, and especially as coaches whenever we're trying to kind of realize some system improvements is that it becomes overwhelming to figure out somewhere to start. And ChatGPT makes it incredibly easy to take an idea or a concept and get it from zero to 70 or 80 percent completion so that now you're just going in and you're editing, you're polishing. So you can spend more of your valuable time and bandwidth or somebody on your teams, spend more, more of that valuable actual human time on getting a really good end product. And you can cut out a lot of these initial formulations or outlining or getting a rough draft. So that's really what I like to remind people is the utility of a tool like this is that whereas we used to have to spend 80% of our time on the rough draft phase and 20% on that final editing, we've flipped that now. Now we can spend 10 or 20% of our time getting a great rough draft and the rest of the time is spent refining and iterating and getting a better end product, especially for anything that's creative. Yeah. So some really great functions and tools there. Um, another thing that a lot of people probably don't realize is that ChatGPT is great with spreadsheets. It's really good at helping you convert things into a tabularized format is the mm. phrase that you would want to use there or a table format for, an, for a spreadsheet. So if you have things that you want to really quickly um, reformat or generate so that you can utilize them in spreadsheets, pasting them into ChatGPT and asking it to reformat according to whatever standards to help you get it into a Google Doc or an Excel sheet is a great use case. It's great at helping you come up with formulas. So if you're somebody who wants to up their game with spreadsheets, then just asking the tool to help you create a formula or to create a formula for you that does X, Y, or Z, it can do that. It can correct formulas for you. So if you accidentally break a sheet, um, so that's one really, really powerful leverage point for anybody who's doing kind of that spreadsheet building. So a few, a few different things there that I think it's really good for. The, uh, the vocal BTA members who use GPT are excited about a few things. So they'll talk a lot about it writing employment agreements. And if you literally mm -hmm. go into ChatGPT and so, you, you know, you're, you're at a window cleaning conference right now. So we'll use that as an example. Hey, ChatGPT, can you write me a job description for a residential window cleaner? It'll actually give you something decent. So SOPs are another one. Hey, I need a standard operating procedure for this type of process. It'll give you something decent. The really important thing is that 
don't underestimate the amount of tweaking. I like it's, and it's sort of, this comes down to your own personal bias and preference. Like if it matters to you that it's really detailed and sounds like you and feels like you, then you should tweak it 40%. If you're just like, I don't really give a shit, just do something. You could maybe tweak it 5%. It's kind of a decision you need to make. Um, people are really excited about the way that it does job postings and the way that mm -hmm. it can do sales scripts. Now, here's my caveat with those ones. Anything that is super public facing and exists in the realm of sort of sales brand or marketing in the sense that it's meant to face your clients and communicate stuff to your clients, an employment agreement isn't necessarily for clients, but you're selling the role to a job seeker. So it's salesy in a sense. The risk of over, I spoke about this the other day, the risk of overusing GPT for those use cases is that guess what? Every one of your competitors is doing the exact same thing. So if you want to have a job posting that really stands out and stops the scroll, a surefire way to not do that is to just take what GPT gives you, which is using the same data set and giving probably get, you're giving it the same prompt as your competitors and then copy pasting that and hoping you're going to get applicants because you know, XYZ painting down the road and premium painting in the town over, they're all going to be doing the same thing. So the caveat here is if it's super public facing, if it's anything in the realm of like it's meant it's copy that's meant to convert or there's a CTA attached to it, you're going to want to tweak more. You're going to want to inject more human voice, more brand voice uh, into the copy that it gives back to you. So useful, but there's some important caveats there that I would mention. Yeah, definitely want to be aware of the expertise that we're asking from it. So I will play a little bit of devil's advocate, which is I will say that the better your prompting and the better your amount of background knowledge and expertise going into creating certain types of end deliverables, the much more dynamic and the much more custom you can get what you're asking from ChatGPT. So this is a good argument for those professionals that you're working with. Now copywriting is becoming significantly more cost accessible because copywriters can use tools like this and their knowledge of persuasive psychology and their knowledge of converting copy um, much more effectively, and they can start leveraging that to become even better. So if you have that knowledge or if you have that skill set, you can really push it to the 10th degree. Whereas if you are just asking it for very generic kind of basic things, um, you're exactly right. It's going to sound very blase and it's going to sound very, very similar from person to person. So this is a good argument for us as business owners and the way that we manage in our executive functions it's not necessarily worth it for you to jump in and try to learn all of those things with ChatGPT, but managing to it or being a more savvy buyer. One of the things I'll kind of throw in as an example that's really, really neat about something like ChatGPT is that anything that you are writing or that you have in the business that's meant to be persuasive. So as an example, job ads and postings, um, I've personally found and I've taught some workshops on this, you can actually pivot different writings uh, to become uniquely persuasive to specific end users mm. based on things like their personality profiles. So if you know a specific disc personality profile for a particular position that you're trying to hire for, you can take a core document, a core 
um, job posting, and you can have ChatGPT, which is really good at recognizing personality assessment directives, rewrite things in a way that's more persuasive for that specific person. And um, I've seen some really interesting dynamic really? outputs from things like that. So you yeah. could literally like have a block of text and then be like, make this more persuasive for a high D on the disk profile. And then it will change the verbs and adjectives and sentence structures and exclamation points in such a way that it is, in theory, more persuasive. Or you could say, hey, I'm really going after an ENFP on the Myers-Briggs. Can you make this more persuasive? to that person. And, and it does that. Exactly. Wild. Exactly right. And it does it, it does it quite emphatically. So I've done a whole series of tests to see how different they look. Uh, and it's quite interesting. So that's a fun one to play around with. I highly recommend. Um, people talk just briefly, people talk about the, like ne really needing to get good at the prompts. Like a few minutes ago when you're like, Hey, if you can, if you can give it really detailed or nuanced prompts, it can actually give you something back. That's more personalized. Is there anything else you'd want to mention there? Cause I hear it talked about a lot. I, I, I don't know that much about the, you know, basic prompt versus advanced prompt. Like is there any practical points you can, you can, uh, any pointers you can give to the listeners there? Yeah. So one of my favorite things um, being in the coaching and the consulting space is I like to say that um, some of the biggest improvements that I've been able to see in my practice with something like ChatGPT is that now I can give you as the contractor keywords that you can use in prompts. And instead of having to teach you something that might have taken three months or six months or even years to unpack, you know, certain types of persuasive psychology or these different principles, you can use keywords and actually um, invoke the name of particular experts and their styles. Mm. And we call it seeding. So we're seeding a prompt with a particular type of expert or a particular style, background knowledge, and the outputs become so much more dynamic because of that. So I'll give you guys a couple of really quick key terms that I think could be really useful for you. Um, if you're writing anything that's meant to be persuasive or anything salesy, invoke the name of famous copywriters. So a couple of famous names that you might want to pull in would be somebody like David Ogilvie. He was one of the OGs in the sales space. Um, another really famous name would be Eugene Schwartz. So those are two names that try to get a kind of output or ask it to write something basic or put something basic in and then tell it, rewrite it in the style of David Ogilvy, rewrite it in the style of copywriter Eugene Schwartz and see how different the outputs look because it's taking this really vast body of knowledge and publication from these experts in their spaces mm -hmm. and it's able to apply that to the things that are being written. Another thing though is that those keywords can sometimes hurt you. So like you were making the point Benji, that um, if you ask it to write you a job posting, it's so used to how job postings all look to each other that they will come out sounding very generic right. and very similar to themselves. If you stay away from the phrase job posting and instead ask it for kind of a specific paragraph by paragraph piece or you use a different type of phrasing, it's going to have an easier time coming up with something that's a little more dynamic. So I like asking it to write things in the second person perspective from the reader's point of view. Um, I'm a really big fan of asking it to write things in a conversational tone because I know that conversational writing instead of professional writing 
is actually more persuasive for people. So I always ask it to write things in a conversational tone. And I never use the word professional because professional means it's all going to sound the same. (laughs) So I actually have just struck that from the dictionary. Um, And then I actually always ask it to write to an eighth or a ninth grade reading level because that makes it more conversational. It's easier to read and therefore becomes much more persuasive for people. Free plan gives you GPT 3.5. The paid plan is 20 bucks a month, gives you GPT 4. It's faster and a little bit more robust. That is, you know, that is very much subject to change. This will be updated probably by the time this gets released. But uh, check, obviously, do your own research on pricing uh, if you're going to go investigate this. Let's move on to number six, chat base. Talk a little bit about chat base. I'm not as familiar with this one. Yeah, Chatbase is one tool of an example of a suite of tools. So Chatbase is a specific name. You guys could go Google and mention. Um, This is an example of taking a large language model like ChatGPT, somebody, a developer plugged into the API, the core processing engine of ChatGPT, and they created this other tool that accesses ChatGPT, but is trained to be a little more specific. And what Chatbase is trained to be more specific about is that it is a PDF trained chatbot. So it is a platform where you can go and you can create chatbots for different things. And there's two main functions that I think chatbots can be really useful for. Um, the first one is that if you're using a an AI to write anything about your business, so let's say we're trying to write sales stuff, landing pages, emails, things like that. It's useful if that AI knows some things about your business, right? So these PDF trained bots, you go in and you upload documents, you upload PDFs about your business. So about your brand, it could be copies of your website. Uh, Chatbase actually has the ability to crawl through your website and learn about your business so that whenever you ask the AI to write you an email and mention your operating hours and mention your core services, it has learned that information and it's not just making it up. So it's, it's, learned off of a specific knowledge base that you've handed it. And now it can create much more targeted material for you. That's going to be consistent. It's not Mm. making things up. So it's really useful if you want to create like a brand voice bot or something that's going to help you as an internal assistant. Um, The other internal assistant application that I like for some of these chatbots are as training assistants for field techs. So I've worked with some contractors to upload and train these chatbots on uh, procedural manuals, industry standards, publications, uh, both Spanish and English. So that's another thing about these tools. They're really good for translating from Spanish to English Mm -hmm. and other languages. And it becomes maybe a first pass training assistant for texted a question. You know, you can set it up so that you can text it or people can access it from their browsers on their phones. And it's a really great way of being able to search through your knowledge base on your business or search through specific industry uh, practices, techniques and applications and get an answer that doesn't have to be a human in your organization. So at least as a first pass of asking people to find information on their own. These are really useful. Cool. A lot of people are using these chatbots customer facing now. They're integrating them into their website. They're using them as appointment booking bots. So you might see things like that out and about. Um, that's definitely something I recommend pulling in some expert guidance on setting up if you're interested in that kind of application, because anything customer facing is inherently very valuable and very, very touchy. So there is a technology application for that, but that's definitely something I say, work with a pro and make sure that it's being really well executed. 
Yeah, they're. I've, I've done. I've looked at the schematics of a chatbot before because we were looking at doing it on our website, and I have to admit my little monkey brain was pretty overwhelmed. The logic jumps from what, <laughs> if they say this, then they do that. This needs to act access schedule once, then it needs to go to Zoho, then it needs to come back. I'm like, uh, this is for someone smarter than me. Um, so it's okay, a so lot. That, it's a it's lot. lot. It's a lot. So there's I got a free account. There's a hobby account for twenty bucks a month. There's a standard account at ninety nine a month, and then there's an unlimited at three ninety nine a month. Anything else you want to say about chat base or should we move to number seven? I think we're good to move on. Okay. Number seven, personal favorite, because we use it a lot, is Canva. Now, this is one of the ones that I was like, this isn't an AI tool, but maybe it is. So take us through, uh, take us through Canva, the tool, and then more importantly, how a contractor might use it. Yeah, Canva, the platform, really great for any kind of graphic design and creation. So in the contracting space, we see it leveraged a lot for creating some really nicely polished social media posts, Instagram, Facebook, banners, thumbnails, things like that. Um, Also for creating postcards for our sales booklets. So it's a really great platform because it's so easy to use that you or an assistant, somebody in your organization uh, can pretty easily jump in and create some really appealing things. The reason that it made this list is that Canva has been at the forefront of those tools that have embraced pulling AI into their platform. So on and the Canva ecosystem, they use the phrase magic. So they say magic write or magic create. Um, magic write is, again, it's plugged into a large language model like ChatGPT. So you can ask it to write headlines. You can ask it to write Instagram posts, Facebook posts, and things like that. And there's actually a couple of bulk create options. So if you're interested in that, I would recommend YouTubing a tutorial that is bulk create Instagram Canva, something like that. And it'll show you how to create, you know, 20, 30 posts on a topic uh, with some really cool graphics behind them that can make it easier for you to stock your social media accounts with some really interesting, compelling things. Mm -hmm. Um, They have a magic create for slide decks. So if you're doing any kind of trainings, if you want some slide decks for your team, that's an option. The other type of AI that Canva has been really good at integrating are all around images. So like we mentioned, image-related AI for creation. So there's image generation, there's recognition, there's editing. Um, There's a lot of those functionalities that are now embedded in Canva. So what you guys might notice sometimes is if you import photos into Canva, it's really good at removing backgrounds. It's really good at having like a spot eraser. You can erase logos from things. You can put things on different backgrounds. You can actually replace objects inside of things. So if it's a rose, but you want it to be a sunflower, that's a kind of a famous example example, all of that is AI and that's very cost accessible in Canva and it's pretty user-friendly in Canva right now too. Mm -hmm. So I just like to remind people that those features are readily available. A lot of people are probably already using them and it's a great example of how you're leveraging AI in your business. Um, we get, I get a lot of questions online about, uh, like like sort of budget friendly brand upgrades. Like, hey, I I'm I'm I believe in brand. I want to market my business well. I can't do the hundred K for a full rebrand with like some super like high powered, you know, brand person and their and their agency and this and that. What you know, what's what's a cheap and dirty way to do this? Canva would be a fit into one of the many answers to that question. If you are feeling like 
your Instagram grid feels a little dated, like it's just maybe kind of early 2000s looking and you want it to look really current, your email banners, you don't have any, you don't have signatures. Um, this is a really, the, the reason people love it, for, and I think the reason it's had sort of meteoric success, I read an article today about the founder, I think it was a young woman from the States and she just like built this thing and it's just done, un, like it's done unbelievably, it's been very, very successful with it. The reason it's kind of had this meteoric rise, because uh, I think it's way newer than Photoshop or InDesign or some of these other tools, is the user-friendly yeah. facets of it. Like it, it, most of it is drag and drop. It's literally just like doop, doop, grab the template here. Oh, I like Super that shape. I like that color. It is very, very intuitive. So if you, you've got a small team, like I said, you believe in brand, you want to look and present yourself well, you could get someone plugged into the free account first, make sure they like it. And I don't, I don't, recommend doing this at scale but if you had a small team and you don't have the resources to you know hire a brand person or have a dedicated graphic designer or marketing leader this is something that a uh, slightly artistic office manager could do off the side of their desk it's that easy and it's that quick Agreed. And also I would advocate for if you're not at the point yet where the budget allows for a really professionalized marketing agency to come in and do a rebrand, um, Canva is so user friendly, but also it's so well utilized by professionals in the space. This is a great use case for right. looking on Fiverr, Fiverr. looking yeah, on Upwork say. and finding somebody to just knock out a couple of specific projects because somebody who has that design background is going to be able to just blow through some of those specific use cases. So if you have a specific idea in mind, those are great places to look. And again, the costs are being driven down so much in the design space because of the fact that these tools are becoming easier to use than ever to get some incredible end products. Lean into that and take advantage of it. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's it's a point worth lingering on. I mean, we had uh, we had Dan Antonelli on a few months ago. We've had Noel Fox on. Both of these guys are sort of like you know in the goat all the love in the world. Like yeah. yeah, no, like like literally like the brand goats for like home, like home service businesses. And so all the respect right. goes to them. Like this is not a knock on them, but there's there's a whole sort of lower echelon of the market who are not in the conversation there yet. And that's totally yeah. fine. You would not believe how good you can make your brand look. It's not going to be kick charge level. It's not going to be free bird level, but it is going to be way better than where you're at right now for not that much money. And I love your point about Fiverr. Like don't, for heaven's sake, don't like get into Microsoft Paint and waste your whole weekend making something that's hideous. <laughs> Go to Fiverr, find someone with a Canvas specialization, give them a few ideas and you could get, you could do pretty inexpensive brand upgrades for not that much money. So uh, love that. I, I didn't even know about the slide, the the PowerPoint slide builder. I'm going to go check that out. It's great. I'm I'm doing a talk this week that was built out with a couple of AI slide deck creators. So, yep. There's a free account. It is very limited on the features front. So again, it's just like one of those freemium kind of like dip your toe in, you know, have a sample. If you like it, then you'd go to Canva Pro. It's 150 bucks a year. Canva Teams is 380 a year. It's not expensive. Okay, number eight is content fries. What the hell is content fries? 
Isn't that funny? So the idea behind content fries, and it is, again, an example of a type of tool that you guys can look for. Um, The idea with content fries is they say that if you record a video in your business, whether it's for training or it's promotion and marketing, they think of that video, that piece of content as a potato, and they want you to run it through the content fries engine and turn that potato into a bunch of tasty, crispy content fries that you can load your social media with. So um, content fries is actually building on that audio transcription capability that we talked about before. So let's say like we took this episode of Contractor Evolution and we dropped it into Content Fries as a potato. Um, What it would do is it would pull up a script version for us and it wants us to go through and just highlight the key quotes. It wants us to highlight, you know, this was a really great snippet here. This was a great snippet there. You're reading through it. So it becomes a lot easier for you as an end user to lean in and do that. You don't have to do the kind of old school timeline editing where you're looking at weird little wavy lines on the bottom of the screen and you have to figure out, you know, which minute what happened. Um, So you look at a script, you create some highlights, you pick a couple of frames, you pick what you want your subtitles to look like, and it'll take one piece of video that you've created and easily turn it into a couple of dozen really cool, well-polished quotes that are very TikTokable, Instagrammable. Um, So again, Mm. one of those things where you might have somebody on your team leveraging this for you guys to boost your social media, make it more engaging, or find somebody who's using a tool that's similar. So content fries is one really great example. A couple others or one other big name that I have had some contractors use and really create awesome content with is one called CapCut. So content fries, CapCut, very, very similar kind of suite of video editing tools meant to help you create content for social media. So this would be for the builder, landscaper, painter who's like social media content heavy. Like that's a part of their brand. That's a part of their strategy. They're doing a lot of recordings. They're doing a lot of posting, a lot of story, and they're looking to do that faster and with less bandwidth. That this would be a great tool for that man or woman. Agreed. Yes. And also, and also really useful for any kind of videos that you're creating for team use. So if you Mm. are creating training videos, if you need to create highlights, or if you need to quickly dice those things up into more bite-sized tidbits, this is a really great way of doing that because the script version of editing, um, we're calling it text, text video editing, I think is the phrase, um, is so much easier and more accessible for people because you can really quickly get to the heart of what it is that you're trying to pull out of a conversation or a video you're creating. So I'd also say it's pretty good for training and internal snippets, but it's definitely intended to be used mostly for social media marketing. Content creation. Yeah. Okay. Uh, There's a free plan to start and then they have plans ranging from 20 to a hundred bucks a month. Again, not expensive. Number nine, Descript. So I think similar in the sense that it's again in the video kind of transcription world, but, but different. Talk us, talk, talk to us about Descript, Morgan. Exactly right. Similar with that video transcription, Descript is a more professionalized version of a tool like this. So it's going to be kind of like that next level up. Um, It really made this list because it has some additional features in terms of what we call voice cloning. You can actually train it on your voice and have it edit your videos and edit your audio for you based on what you type in. So it's really interesting to see that. Um, I don't necessarily recommend that we as businesses or as contractors try to learn and leverage something like Descript because it is a little bit more of a professional tool. But it made this list because I wanted to make the point that this is one of those 
those areas that if you are doing a lot of training video creation, if you're doing a lot of marketing video creation, find a professional, find an editor that is well-trained on a tool like Descript or Descript specifically, and realize the returns of having somebody with a tool that's making them a lot faster. I've been able to find video editing um, at about a quarter of the price point of what it was even a year and a half ago because of tools like this. So this is making video creation more accessible for you as a business owner because of the fact that the cost in that space are getting driven down. Got it. So this is maybe not necessarily something that a contractor is going to use in their business themselves, but it is something one of their service providers could use. And it's something to be aware of because they might be able to get the stuff they need for cheaper. That's the main point that okay. I would like to make about it. Yeah. Okay. And then we have an honorable mention here at the end. Number 10, an honorable mention is mid journey. Talk a little bit about mid-journey. People have heard, I think most people are familiar with this again at a surface level. I should say we I literally just uh, we literally just got on this on Monday, so I got a few thoughts on it. But but why why is this one on the list and and why is it an honorable mention? So mid-journey is one of the main image creation or image generation AI tools. Um, these have actually been around for quite a while. They've become more and more popular in the mainstream because they've gotten a lot easier to use recently. In fact, the last couple of versions of the model that got completed have what they call raw mode, which is like if you don't know how to prompt, if you didn't know how to prompt to create images, it's gotten a lot easier for you to just kind of type in whatever you're thinking and see what it comes out with. So this is an honorable mention because again, Again, you might want to hop on or have somebody on your team hop on a free account, play around with it a little bit, but it's something that you should know about as a contractor because if you have professionals in your corner that are using tools like this, they can rapidly iterate on logo creation. They can rapidly create stock images, photos for your website that look really beautiful, that have you know more specific parameters around them. So the more specific the end deliverable that you're looking for when it comes to creating an image here, uh, if you want a hyper specific image of a person in a place holding a specific tool, you're going to need a pro. It's not at the point yet where you right. know you as kind of a casual user can hop in and get that. Um, but it needed to be on the list because the technology is so advanced now and what can be created that it's become massively disruptive in the photography space, including real estate photography, interior design photography. Um, and I've personally used it and had contractors use it for creating really compelling, beautiful images for their websites just to make them look more professional and dynamic cartoons and things for emails, for their Facebook posts. So really anywhere that you're posting or you're pushing out content on any kind of feeds, it's a major missed opportunity if you don't have some sort of imagery associated with it. Tools like this are making it a lot easier to get imagery that's custom to you. Uh, there's no royalties associated with it, and they they look hyper, hyper professional and glossy. So it deserved to be on the list. Glossy is the word. It still has that AI sheen to it. When you're like, oh, okay, that person's a little too good looking. Like, where are their pimples? Fingers like, this are is, a little weird. Yeah, the fingers yeah. are a little weird. Um, everything has this like super cinematic lighting on it. So we just got, it's like, I will say it's actually quite mind blowing, like how powerful it is if, if, if you know how to use it. So we're beginning, yeah. we have a graphic designer who's, who's beginning to use it and give it prompts for certain, uh, ad graphics that we want to come up with, uh, certain website stuff that we want to come up with. 
Stock mm -hmm. imagery does have its use case, but it also does suck uh, on some level. You know, like if you're trying to if you're trying to use stock images for your website, and everyone's gonna like have a hard hat on that's clearly never been used and just came from this. Like it, it always looks kind of. <laughs> it always looks not kind for your of, team. Yeah, yeah don't yeah, use it for like, team photos, but for like rooms, not. for like models and cool spaces. Like it's really good for that. Yeah, so I I think that that's another a good a good comment about the the disrupting the photography space. If you're if you're wanting to build a website that's going to be image heavy, if you're wanting to if you have a really sophisticated digital marketing strategy and different campaigns you're launching, this absolutely could fit into it. You're probably the contractor. You're probably not going to log in and do it yourself because it it's it's powerful, but it's not it's not Canva. It's not that user friendly yet. Um, Not at all. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to I want to mention uh, I want to make a quick mention here at the end as we as we wrap Morgan. And this has been just a really thorough and well put together conversation. So thank you for the amazing uh, the amazing conversation here. I do want to make a quick mention of this, which is. Um, Entrepreneurs, as we know, do have some level of sort of squirrel syndrome, shiny object syndrome. And I would, so there's a, it's mm. worth mentioning here at the end, if you listen to this and you are susceptible to shiny objects and you're like, man, I just have 10 things I need to go download. Don't go do that. I want you to take a pause. I want you to be real. It's like, just be smart here. What is it that you need? What is it that your business needs? Because downloading platforms for the sake of downloading platforms is never a good exercise. And you would not believe how quickly your kind of overhead subscription like line item can swell. And you're really only using 20% of it. So what I would do, I, my, my advice is think about what it is your business needs right now. Look at this list and see if anything matches it. Go and do a demo. Go and watch some YouTube content. Figure out if it's going to work for you. Think about who on your team is going to use it. Is there some tension being held to it being used, right? This is what an intelligent software purchaser does. They don't just go willy-nilly and go subscribe, 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 subscribe. And then six months later go, hey, what, you know, I, I we're paying for this. Uh, we're paying for this Descript thing. Is anyone, <laughs> has anyone logged in? No, they haven't. So, you know, this is exciting stuff. It's cool stuff. These are really neat gadgets and gizmos that I think we're both making the case you can bolt on to your business and get value from, but do it intelligently. Such a point well made. And I would echo that sentiment. I personally have had to be really strict with myself about my shiny object syndrome with these. And in that in that vein, I've tried to stick really solidly on these tools that are very well polished. These things have been around pretty well for the last couple of years. So you guys should be able to get some really good functionality out of them. And I would double down on that piece of your recommendation, Benji, which is if I'm a business owner listening to this and thinking about how some of these tools could be leveraged, my recommendation to you would be think about who on your team would be the best person Correct. to really deploy a specific feature or component of this and make sure that you're not going to be the one who's responsible for that or bottlenecking it and needs to be something that's, you know, be savvy about how you how you decide to deploy that. Make sure you get some buy in and put it on someone else's plate. There's a lot of really great use case for virtual assistants and administrative pieces of your business here. Um, but definitely just pick one and really see how much it moves the needle before you start going down, uh, going down the entire rabbit hole for the rest of the list. 
Um, that is a great place to end it. Uh, Morgan, you are such, uh, such a great communicator and I really appreciate you sharing some time with us here to, to kind of go through this list. Uh, do make sure you go get some hot chicken while you're in Nashville and report back, please. And we will see you next time. Thanks a lot for listening to this episode of Contractor Evolution. Uh, if you've already subscribed to our channel, consider sharing this episode with another contractor who you think needs to hear it.